Yes, welcome to the war. We continue. Father God, we thank you this day for your beauty, beauty, for your holiness, for your truth, for the revelation of your love towards us, for your power, your strength, your promises, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that we are your children. You are committed to us, to keeping us, Lord God, and we thank you for the safety, the promise. You defend us by the power of your holy angels, Lord God, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Lord God, what time I am afraid, I will trust in you. What can man do to me, your word says. Lord, we're not arrogant, we're not boastful, but we are yours. And we thank you now for giving us wisdom and counsel as we listen to your word, as we ponder the things that are brought to us, Lord God, that we will consider our way, that we will understand that our ways are individual paths that must... um, we must give account for our lives, Lord God. It's not what the masses do. It's not what the government does. It's not what the world does. It's what we do. And so, Lord, give us courage to do what needs to be done for our lives and our hearts and our strength um, to be found in you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, repentance. What and a confession. Yeah. What a word. A repentance. And it's like, a, it's kind of a rare word. It's kind of a misunderstood word, not only a word, but a whole concept or truth. And uh, the, the word repent means to change your mind. It, it change, change around, yeah. your direction, to yep. turn around. You're going one direction and you turn around and you go the opposite direction. And, and, uh, and with con- repentance, Jerry, is confession of sin. Well, yeah, it's more than confession of sin. A lot of people confess their sins, yeah. but they don't repent of their sins. Yeah. So we'll talk about that more a little bit later. But, of course, the the message of repentance it was the message of John the Baptist. Right. And uh, he said, you know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is, is at, at hand. hand. In right. other words, the kingdom of heaven is right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he, he said there were... Pharisees and Sadducees that came to his baptism, the baptism of repentance. And he, and he said, well, he said, you're a bunch of snakes. You're a family of snakes, brood of vipers, because they were not bringing forth fruit. Fruit of repentance. Repentance. Right. In other words, Change he, he, lives, said, right? he says, therefore, bring for, bear fruits worthy of repentance. In other words, if you really repented, it will show up in your life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, th- there's a perverted concept, too, of repentance. We call It's called penance. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, a counterfeit, isn't it's it? It's a counterfeit. A penance mm-hmm. means, you know, that, okay, I, I've sinned and I'm going to do something somehow to, mm-hmm. to yeah, try like to this, make up for it. I did something. To, yeah, I did something wrong. Now I'm going to do something good do to something, balance it out. Yeah, to balance it out mm-hmm. and kind of pay for my own sin. Well, you can't pay for your own sin. You can't atone for your own right. sin. You have to come to the uh, cross of Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. accept his atonement, his covering. He, he's the one that paid the penalty for his sins. Yet there is going to be results that come from a repentance when it is sincere, sincere and true in godly, our hearts. Right. Yes. Well, you know, um, the, the part of repentance is confession as well. We have to confess our sins. That that's You repent, you realize the revelation comes to you that I have sinned, like David in Psalm 51. I think we're going to look at that for a second. I have sinned. I am the man. He was. This is the psalm that he wrote as a prayer of confession 
after Nathan the prophet confronted him with the sin of Bathsheba. So David was the king, a mighty man in the spotlight, you know, considered an honorable man. You know, he'd done all these awesome things. People had really benefited from his obedience to God. And now he had done this awful thing, this terrible, uh, he had fallen into this place of adultery. And it's not uh, totally shocking because he came from, his bloodline also had adultery in it with his uh, mother and grandmother, whatnot, being, um, you know, uh, I think it was Rahab, the prostitute, was in his bloodline. So, um, but anyway, having here in, in verse Psalm 51, uh, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, um, blot out my transgressions. So he is with his mouth, he is actually speaking about his sin. And what, what happens with Confession is we need to use our mouth to confess, be specific, identify the place where we got tricked, the place where we believed that lie. And he believed that it would be okay because he was the king. And he didn't say, well, if I've done anything wrong. Right. He was very, you know, he was quite specific. And he's he's crying out, mm-hmm. blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. In Psalm 51, mm-hmm. verse 2, cleanse, cleanse me. me from mm-hmm. my sin. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge my transgression. There you go. In other words, I've transgression means you cross the line. And he acknowledges it. He doesn't deny it. He doesn't blame someone else. He didn't blame Bathsheba. He didn't, you know, deny he had a, say he had a hard day or, you know, he's, he has a right to do this because he's the king. He actually took full uh, responsibility, if you want to say that word, for it. And he said, my sin is always before me. In other words, it, it was just eating away, eating away <laughs> at him. Verse four, mm-hmm. against you, you only have I sinned. So he's recognizing, yes, he sinned against his own body mm-hmm. because the Bible says if you commit adultery with someone, you're sinning against your own body. And the body is the temple he, of the Holy Spirit. He, he sinned against Bathsheba mm-hmm. uh, and it was evil. And he realized that the, that all sin primarily is sin against God. Well, even, and this is an interesting concept because Joseph, when he was confronted with uh, Potiphar's wife, he said something to that same effect. I, I don't want to sin against God. Right, right. You know, God How is... How can I do this thing? And because she I'm, was tempting and right. seducing him. And sin against because God. he was carrying and he, the integrity that was in his, his identity, his integrity was uh, in God, and so he didn't want to offend God. And uh, so, and he, he David also says here he's not blaming God. He says, "And blameless when you judge." He's not. He's not saying, "Okay, God, you pick on me. You know, you find fault with me." Um, but he's saying, "God, you have a right to do this. You have a right to judge me." Because and then he goes on in five and six. He he goes back into a little bit of a. Uh, a thought of the origin, and I think this is uh, good to understand. He says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you make me to know wisdom. If we don't have a clean heart, if we don't realize that we've come from a place of the mud puddle, the snake pit, uh, and we are brought forth in iniquity, that that is the pattern, that is in our bloodline. We have to be aware of that. He's acknowledging that. He's not saying the act of conception is sinful because that is uh, uh, be f- fruitful and multiply. God, That's a command of God. But he's saying um, uh, that he's brought forth into a very sinful place, which we all are. Um, and then he says, God, you desire truth in the inward parts. How can we have a true, honest relationship be men and women of righteousness and integrity with God if we have this this gnawing uh, guilt uh, shame condemnation sin hiding in our inward parts and then we don't get any wisdom so people who are covering their sin I believe um, cannot learn wisdom so he says he goes on to say purge me 
purge me with, verse 7, purge me with hyssop, which was kind of a, a ceremonial type cleansing, but it, he's speaking of that as his in his own personal heart, that I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. So he had lost his joy over this thing, and yeah. I think a lot of people have lost their joy because their sin has accumulated and it's become an obstacle in their lives. So he's saying, you know, get it out of me, mm-hmm. wash me, make me to hear joy and gladness. I want to, I want joy and gladness back again because, yeah, sin deprives people of joy. And hide your face from my sin. Blot out all my iniquities. Yes. And then he said, he gets down to the root of it. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So there was a, when you yield to sin, there's mm-hmm. that steadfast spirit that kind of but darkens, compromised. Yeah, right, right. exactly. And, and Hides not, us from and the face said, of God. He said, do not cast me away from your presence do not take your Holy Spirit from me. He recognized that the that, that, that awareness of mm-hmm. his, he, the presence of God, the the personal, God is everywhere present, yeah. but mm-hmm. the personal manifest presence of God with him was the key to his uh, sorrow, victory, key to sorrow. his life, mm-hmm. key to his uh, success. In, yeah, in, in he life. said, you create in me a clean heart, O oh God. We can't make our hearts clean, but we can come clean before God and then God uh, creates and renews in us a steadfast heart through forgiveness. And I think a lot of us don't understand that either. We we think of, we have a misconcept of what sin really is and what it does, and that makes it difficult for us to identify or admit it because we believe we are what we do. Satan has created this whole world to set it up to be, I am what I do. And so when I sin and I'm an adulterer and I'm a, a, a pervert, or whatever I, I do, that becomes my identity, and we have some aversion to... Um, agreeing or admitting that we've sinned because somehow it's tangled up. My behavior is tangled up with my being. And so he was looking to God to restore his clean heart. Well, that's it. Verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. In other words, so repentance brings restoration. That was his desire as mm-hmm. restoration. Get me back to where I need to be, mm-hmm. where I where I want to be with you in right relationship then, then he says, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. This is, this is powerful. You think, you know, this is old, old Testament that he's writing in here. Uh, I will, I want to teach transgressors your ways mm-hmm. and I want to see sinners converted to you. So if, if our lives are full of sin, other, other people aren't going to be saved as readily right. because God has given, and now in the new covenant, he's given us the Mm-hmm. The, the privilege, the assignment oh, to go forth and right. preach the gospel, uh, bring the message that will bring people and, to Christ. And through this confession, he said, deliver me from blood guiltiness, his generational bloodline. His own life had been full of a lot of bloodshed, blood guilt, adultery, you know, the harlotry of his great-great-grandmother. Uh, and so when he confessed his sin, he was also... Uh, in this case, confessing the sins of his generations and asking for a cleansing, a healing, a change in that generation so that they would be righteous and able to teach. And uh, he said, you desire not sacrifice or else I would give it. It's not about penance. It's not about, you know, making amends some way that way. 
Uh, you do not delight in burnt offering. Back in those days, that's what they had. They had the burnt offerings, the sacrifices mm-hmm. for sin and whatnot. Today, we have it a little bit differently. We but have he Christ. Says, we yes, have Christ. yes, exactly. Very much differently. Sacrifice. Amen. But the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These you will not despise, O God. So he's. People think that if they repent or change, you know, that confess their sin, that God will somehow despise them. That is not true. God says in First John, if, He doesn't say if you sin. He says when you sin, when. And he's talking to believers there in First John. He's not talking to unbelievers. He says, when you sin, they're believers and they're still going to be sinning. They're still going to be trickable. They're still going to be caught up in the snares of, of lust and perversion of the devil's treacherous uh, snares against them. When you sin, he says, confess your sin. If you confess your sin, I will be faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So the, the, the key to confession and repentance is the forgiveness of God, the restoration of God into a right heart and a right relationship with him. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Confess your trespasses mm-hmm. to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So, Yeah, and here's the words, problem. If you have sin all blocked up in your life, how can you pray effectively? How can you feel like you're going to get an answer to your prayer? Well, you know, we want to hide. The Bible says, he who covers, in Proverbs, yeah. it says, he who covers his sin shall not prosper. In other words, you can't go forward is what it means. Prosper means moving right, forward. Move forward. You can't yeah. move forward mm-hmm. if, if you've got, you're all blocked up with sin. And a lot of times in the church, we want to, uh, you know, sometimes people want to confess their rights rather than confess their sins. Right. And uh, confessing your trespasses to one. Oh, I can't tell them that because they will disrespect me. Oh, they'll me. be offended. They'll be offended. Mm-hmm. They won't be comfortable. They won't come back. They'll, they'll they won't put gossip. money in the offering. <laughs> they're going to gossip about me and everything. You know, it was interesting when we first came to know the Lord, we did this literally. We did this on a, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, okay, now it's confession time. It wasn't like that. But there was a spontaneous move of the working yeah. of the Spirit of yeah. God and, and it to was, convict and it, people, and it was a, to convict people, mm-hmm. and it was a safe atmosphere because you knew that if you would share something, that you weren't going to be rejected. You weren't yeah. going to be rejected. Or you weren't going to be gossiped about or mm-hmm. anything. People would surround you and pray for you, and people came to healing, came to wholeness, deliverance, actually, to deliverance yeah. because of following this verse. Well, following God's word does bring deliverance. You know, right? it's you know, talking about deliverance and confession. At that point in our time, our lives, we were young believers, and uh, the, all the people around us were young believers. They were coming out of the hippie movement and coming into the Jesus movement. And um, so they didn't really know. We didn't really know anything about rules and religion and regulations and, and you know, being stiff Christ, and appropriate in the church. Yeah, we hadn't learned all that yet. So we were just, you know, the Holy Spirit move on us. We confess. And I remember that you... Um, you always tell this story, but I just remember the deliverance that you got when from bitterness against my dad, your fa- your father-in-law, because my dad had been difficult to work for, and we'd worked for him for several years, and it built up some resentment, some, you know, resentment, bitterness is swallowed anger. So there was injustices, there were anger that was being built up and stuffed inside. And when you confess that night and people prayed for you, that spirit of bitterness left you. And from that time on, you actually loved my dad and were a nicer son-in-law to him than his own sons, it turns out. And, but that was a, a part, a critical piece to that deliverance was confession. And I, I think Satan really holds people back from confessing because he knows how powerful it is. And you cannot, 
you really cannot change. You know, the Bible doesn't talk about changing, really. God doesn't say, okay, you need to change. Jesus never told the disciples, you know, it's time to change. Um, but our, uh, you know, but we have been so nurtured in the wrong concept of the gospel of grace um, that we we feel it's we can't change or we have to do it somehow mechanically, and we do religious exercises and performance. But that's not what God's looking for. He's looking for the cleansing of the image bearers. We are the image bearers, the bearers of the image of God. We're made in His image. His nature carried that divine nature. And he's seeking a people that will be transparent, that will be honest, that will be free. And the only way you can get free from sin, as I just explained, through and, and delivered from sin, is to to confess it. Because what you've actually done, what we do when we sin, is we've come into an agreement with a lie. And confession is like the linchpin that unhooks us from the devil's cart that he's using to drag us to hell. Second Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So the the change comes, and it's like, oh, I'm trying to change. Yeah. You know, it's like New Year's, New Year's resolutions, right? Yeah. And that doesn't Which work. Which don't work. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to, um, you know, discipline myself. I'm going to do this, this, this. Well, it's it's it fails because you do it in your own strength. But the change comes when there is a revelation. Exactly. When there is a, there has to be mm-hmm. a, a revelation, revelation of, that will break into mm-hmm. us. We can call it conviction. Uh, in in the book of Acts, the people when Peter preached, they were convicted of their sin. In other words, they recognized oh, we've sinned. We've been, you know, we've we called for the crucifixion of Jesus. In that case we've sinned and and there was that realization of sin there right. was the revelation mm-hmm. of of Jesus and uh Peter in the, in those days uh they, they said well they were it says they were cut to the heart in other words they they were <laughs> oh yeah they 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 realized the seriousness the of their yeah. sin uh-huh. and the and, they, and they realized that you know they said men and brethren what shall we do we and and peter said repent every one of you would be baptized in the name mm-hmm. of jesus believe the gospel and, confession yeah. you know salvation comes through that same thing that same method of confessing you know confessing our need for the savior confessing our sin and like you were talking about Re- revelation i believe it's a step it's a process it's kind of a step process first we have the conviction of the holy spirit or the revelation of jesus christ um, that he's the only one that can save mm-hmm. us or cleanse mm-hmm. us or restore us or forgive us. Then step two is that repentance where I decide I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to confess my sin. Now, a lot of people don't repent because they think, well, I can't be that good. If I, you know, I'm going to try to be right. good, but I'll, right. I'll fail again. I Doesn't can't be that work. perfect. So why even bother? I'll just kind of drag along with what I'm doing. Then the third part is the confession where of sin, which is a verbal admission of believing the lie. That's really what it is. It's a verbal admission of believing a lie it's a it's a verbal acknowledging of my intention to change or to let go of the lie to surrender to give up um to allow to be set free from the grip of the lie um and part of the the uh, the lie is i've got to do it i've got to change it's up to me the the surrender says i can't do it i cannot be that good to get to heaven i will have to take the lord's method his method is the righteous blood of jesus christ so our sin and, and, you know, a lot of times the obstacles to repentance and confession are our sin itself. We fail, you know, we, we think we're going to have to commit to or make some new heavy-duty changes. We fail to meet the religious expectations of living a sinless life. 
become, and that becomes the biggest obstacle to being set free from sin or living a sinless life is the fact that you think you've got to do it. It's up to you. And this is what makes, and here's another thing, Satan, like I said earlier, he is so adamant about our uh, not coming to the truth, not saying, whoa, I got lied to. I got tricked. I believed it was up to me. I believed I am bad. And, and the whole the whole problem down here is the church is bought into the false gospel of believing the gospel is all about getting rid of your sin. The gospel is not about getting rid of your sin. Jesus got rid of your sin. The gospel is about is about following Jesus. And in that following, there will be times when Satan will trick us, and then we go back to the process of confession and repentance. Well, we read in Nehemiah chapter 1 where... Uh, this is, of course, Old Testament, Old Covenant, but the same principle. He confessed the sins, his the sins of his generations, mm-hmm. sin, sins of his family, his, his sins of his nation, and the same thing. Daniel did the same thing mm-hmm. in Daniel chapter All these nine. Guys, yep. They they confessed. We could call that uh, identity or identification, repentance, and and really we're at the place here in mm-hmm. in America right now where. That's what we need it, to it's, do. It's a, it's a desperate Critical. time. It's a desperate time, an overwhelmingly uh, difficult time where it just seems like every uh, every decent thing in society, a social uh, society as we have known it, it's is, breaking, mm-hmm. is being broken down. Dissolved, scattered. every every aspect. area, every aspect. And so, well, but the thing is, too, you know, you're talking about the exact right thing because we're at that critical point. And when Jonah was sent to Nineveh, Nineveh was a sin, a sin city. It was a lot like the United States, a lot like the world. And Jonah didn't really want to go because he didn't think there'd be any fruit to it. And he just, you know, just resisted God. And that's how he ended up in the fish. But when he did go to Nineveh, they, shockingly enough, actually repented. The kings, the leaders put sackcloth and ashes. They bowed. They repented. And God spared Nineveh. And there were many, many children in Nineveh, too. And that's one of the reasons God wanted to spare it was because there were so many innocent in that in that city. I think that's a, a, a very possible opportunity for us here to repent to bow ourselves before the Lord, confess our sin, confess the sins. Personally, you have to start personally. You can't just start, oh, I'm going to confess the sins of the nation and the blah, 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 and with the, the, all that stuff. We have to start with a personal uh, confession of our own sins so that our relationship is right before God. And I, I believe that so many times we get confused, and the devil, he does not want us to confess sin. I tell you what, I have dealt with people who can't, they're spiritually blind, they're, they're hardened in their hearts, confession of why? Why doesn't Satan want you to confess it? Why does he hinder us in the confession of our own personal sin? Why can't we open our mouth and say, it is I, I'm the man, God forgive me. Why can't we say specifically, I did this, I did this, even if you just confess it outright to yourself before God? Why can't people, because they don't, number one, uh, they're blinded to their own sin. They're so used to it. It's It's been there for so long. Secondly, they don't think they have a need for it because, again, they're familiar with it and it's, it's it doesn't, they're, and or they justify their sin as a way to get justice and to make things fair. So they hurt people and they practice witchcraft and they steal and take things back because they want to make it fair. Or they deny that they have a sin and they blame others for what their behaviors, what they're doing, and or the hardness of their hearts. And through that long-standing practice of getting by with it, of sinning, our hearts become more and more hardened. 
and it we that causes our eyes to be closed, the eyes of our understanding. We deny the truth. We refuse to be thankful. That's Romans 1, where they refuse to be thankful. Then God gave them over to a depraved mind and heart. And that is exactly what's happening here, too. People are not thankful. If you want to do something today that's edifying, begin to thank God for the little things, the big things, everything that's God's, everything he made, his His love, his power, his word, the the, the snowflakes. You begin to thank God for your life and you will see things change. You will see that life begins to come back into your life. That's weird how that works to be thankful, but it restarts the systems of life and hope in us. And so they refused to be thankful and they were afraid um, that if they did repent or change, it would bring them into unfamiliar ground and they wouldn't know how to, how to live or how to be good enough because their identity was all tied up in their sin. Well, it, the, the concept of sin today is like, it's about non-existent in a lot, in the minds of a lot of people because even in the church we are the prophets of old spoke about he said uh, Jeremiah and Isaiah spoke woe unto those who call evil good and good evil yep. this is what now evil is called good absolutely and you see it. and good is called evil mm-hmm. this is if you you have to open your eyes go on the internet <laughs> watch well, the it, news you'll see it evil is called good and good is called evil and and we have come to the place where we've accepted what God hates as yes. okay. as, as a standard as mm-hmm. okay, and we will defend it and we will advocate it in this nation. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord really, it has to be a breakthrough from the Lord in in our. It yeah. starts like you said, yeah, an, Marjorie, awakening. an awakening. It starts with us. Mm-hmm. It starts with us. You know, it has to start with us. Judgment begins at the house of God, right? Mm-hmm. So we are we're the house of God, right? Individually, we're the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Corporately, as the church, mm-hmm. you know, and we, uh, you know, we are the the temple of the Lord. So the judgment comes here. Mm-hmm. The the separation comes here. Judgment speaks about separating good from evil, evil from good, and so it, when it happens in our hearts first. It has to happen here first. Then it can be extended uh, beyond uh, who who we are to uh, to you know families to our society. You know, part of it is sin. Sin is so, like you said, we're so used to, it, we're so familiar. We've turned it upside down. Evil is good. Good is evil. This is because we have been programmed. Literally, people, you if you don't read the Bible, if you don't read it consistently and stay in it. You know, on a, on a daily basis, basically, you have no uh, defense against the programming of uh, the the media, of uh, the, the 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 social, you know, trends and and lies and and craziness that's going on out there. You must stay grounded in the word, because sin, it, it becomes is the act, but shame becomes the obstacle. People are ashamed, ashamed of their sin, ashamed to admit. Um, they have a hard time admitting that they believe lies because we're used to believing lies. We're afraid that we are the sin we do. That's the problem. I am not the sin I do. I sin. Yes, I do. And I admit that. That's what I confess. I sinned. Why did I sin? Because I believed a lie. I believed it could be, it would be okay. I believed other people are doing it. I believed, you know, I had no other options or other choices. Um, remember, this world is Satan's world. He defines it and he wants to define who we are by what we do. And as we identify our, our ourselves by our behavior, I have to deny my being if I if I admit my sin. That's not correct. I am separate from my sin. I'm a being that does sin. I am not a sinful being. 
I am a being that does sin. I can confess that sin and still retain my being status as a human being, as a son or daughter of the Most High God. You know, but most of us in this world, we are, our being is defined by our misdeeds, our weaknesses, our failures, our faults, and our addictions. And who wants to admit to that? You know, we have truly, God has given us a spiritual instinct that tells us there's a difference, a, a difference, um, uh, you know, that we are not those things, but we rarely, rarely ponder the truth long enough to grasp it. Because why? Because we're so taken up with the lie. We're so pressed, pressed and programmed to really, um, and so we don't want to, we don't take the moment to say, wait a minute, what is the Holy Spirit saying? What have I done? You know, heal, show, reveal to me, Lord, the blind spots in my own life, the blind spots where I allow myself to be uh, pulled into an act of sin or uh, an unloving act because I, I, I believe a lie. Proper teaching has much to do with bringing about repentance in the lives of people. And you say, why do I say that? Well, in Second Timothy chapter 2, um, verse 23, he said, well, avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, mm-hmm. knowing that they generate strife. Boy, do we have plenty of that going on in our world today. But he says in verse 24, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, and here's this, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. In, in the King James, it says, who those, correcting those who are in opposition to themselves. themselves. Mm-hmm. Interesting. If God Omission perhaps there. will grant them repentance. So we see repentance is a, a gift. gift from God mm-hmm. so that they what may what? Know the truth. Right. Then secondly, that they may come to their senses yes. thirdly and escape the snare of the devil, having, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So, so pro- the teaching of the truth what can you know it creates a um, opportunity, brings about an atmosphere where there we can, can be, be repentance, from, where yep. people can come to their senses. This is <laughs> confession to, to and know, repentance to know the yeah. truth. Here, know the truth and be and come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. In other words, do we need that in our nation? Well, these right, days? because you know, confession is like the linchpin on the wagon Satan is using here in that wagon, and he's dragging you to hell. And it's a snare that they're talking about right here. It's that snare of, of um, you know, following gullible, naive, uh, going along with the crowd. Don't make your own mind up. You go with what you're told. You you know, we've been programmed. And as long, you know, we, instead of us, you know, repenting, we defend ourselves, defending our, our denying, defending our behavior, denying their behavior. And in that we're we're denying ourselves the opportunity to be, to be rescued and, and saved. So as long as we are defending a sinful behavior, because we don't see it as sin, um, we don't see it as sin that's coming from us being tricked or tempted or deceived by the liar, we will resist confession of that sin. Because we equate sinning with being bad ourselves. Uh, you know, we're not bad. It's like this. We're not bad, but we can be tricked into doing bad things. Good things are used to do bad things all the time. Just think about your television set. The television set is used to, um, can be used to bring godly programs, encouragement, uh, or it can be used to bring defiling, uh, unimportant, wicked things into your living room. It sits right there in the middle of the living room, but your TV is, can be used by the enemy or by God, to program us. God's truth is there, can come through that TV. Or your TV is not bad, but it's an, you know, I, you and I are not bad, but we are vessels that can be 
tricked into go, sinning. We can, go, we can go either way. Yes. Either way. Because, yes. Uh-huh. And so in Acts chapter 17, verse 30, we're, we were reminded of this, the seriousness of repentance because without repentance, there are eternal consequences for us mm-hmm. that are not good. So, can, uh, yeah. So he says, uh, Acts chapter 19, verse 30, but now, God now commands all men everywhere to repent. So repentance is a commandment from God. He is commanding us to repent. So when there's yeah. a command that comes <clears throat> from God, yeah. you can either... Um, Deny it, avoid it, it, or do it. Resist it or do it or follow it. Why? Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world Mm -hmm. in righteousness Mm -hmm. by the man, capital Mm -hmm. M-A-N in the New King James, that Mm -hmm. would be Jesus, as the Son of Man, whom he has ordained. And he has given assurance of this to all by raising him from from the the dead. dead. So, So, in other words... What's, so, what we are all, all of us shall stand before God in, in judgment someday. That's absolutely correct. And so mm-hmm. it's very important that, w- mm-hmm. you know, when you repent, you can't repent after you die and you re- you know, and you stand you before repent. the Lord. Yeah, there's, there's no place of repentance. Yeah. What's done is done. Uh, you can't change. So now, now is the time today. Confession is the act, really. Repentance and confession are the acts of separating ourselves out that created in the image of God, little you, being in, uh, from the behavior that we've been doing, the behavior that Satan is using or seeking to use to accuse us before the Father and, and define us as guilty. So when we confess our sins, we're admitting to God, I got tricked. Father, forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. I forgive myself. I release myself from judgment. I put myself at your mercy. You judge it. You know what the devil did. You know what I did. You know all of it, Lord, and, and I know I know that you are righteous and just and true, and you know my heart. So confession admits that I have sinned because I believed a lie. The lie is is now identified. Uh, I need to identify that lie as not me, but as a sin against God and against His truth. And I believe that this is critical right now in this very hour. That we will, you know, we're calling up for a, a great awakening. We're calling for God to to. Uh, help us and deliver us from what we see coming down the road. I see people are being coming more terrified, more fearful. The thing that we need to do really is to make sure, be, let the Holy Spirit examine you and allow him to show you what misdeeds, what lies, what tricks, what behavior, what offenses, what sin you have been sucked into doing, uh, roped into doing, seduced into doing, and then confess it with your mouth before God and others, if, they, if not need be, that you'd ask for prayer, pray that they pray for you. And then you, you begin to be thankful to God, and then you ask God to deliver us. We need an awakening. But, you know, interesting enough, vowels are so important in this spiritual war. The devil has the word woke. The people are woke. That means they're coming awake into the lie but people, but God is, we're calling God for a great awakening, awakening, A and an O, just one vowel different in the word. And we're calling for God to bring a great awakening, which means really repentance and confession of sin. That's really what the awakening means, that God is coming to judge the earth. Jesus is coming back very soon, and we need to get ready. And we need to continue to bring the message that Jesus brought, that the, the John the Baptist brought that message. Jesus brought the message. Uh, Peter on the day of Pentecost brought that message. A simple message. And and simple. that's the message that we 
that basically has been removed in many ways from <clears throat> church, right. what we see of as the church. But the message is this. Jesus said to them, um, repent. The time is fulfilled. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The time is fulfilled. The time is, okay, here we are. This is the time now. The kingdom of God is at hand. Amen. Okay. It means it's near. It's approaching. It, it can be interpreted. The Eminence. kingdom of, of God is in your face. Yeah. Uh, repent and believe the gospel. So sometimes we, see, we say, sometimes we say, just believe, just believe, just believe. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. But part of the believing is the repenting. repenting. You to re, the repentance is a, is your entry point into this kingdom of God. You have to stop being part of the devil's kingdom. You have to deny it. You have to. And that's what baptism is too. It's just denying your your uh, citizenship in the kingdom of darkness. So you're you're uh, entering in through confession of sin. So once we've entered into that kingdom of God, the eminence of God's returning, we need to walk in it. And so there's there's always Satan's choice taking opportunity to try to defile us. We need to continue to keep ourselves cleansed through confession, through repentance, and through thanksgiving. So Father God, we're asking you now, Lord God, to bring the great awakening starting with us to our hearts, to our minds, that we will not be afraid, that we will not be discouraged, that we will not be terrified by these days that we're living in, but we will rejoice and take it as an act of strengthening from God through repentance, through confession, to know that God is with us. God has promised he will never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord, we thank you that you are not willing that any should perish, but Mm -hmm. that all should come Come to to repentance. repentance. That is your will. That is your desire, Lord. And we just ask, God, that there will be an awakening in your church. Lord, not just people that will be having uh, the sorrow of the world, Mm -hmm. like it says in 2 Corinthians 7, um, 10 and 11, but the sorrow of the world works death that we're just not, oh, I'm sorry, I messed up, I did this. But Paul said, godly sorrow Mm -hmm. brings repentance. Mm -hmm. When there is a recognition, I've sinned, I've failed, but then you come to the place where, Lord, you cleanse me, you deliver me. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe Uh, believe in your word, your gospel, your truth. Set me free, make me new, Uh, change my heart, Lord. Only you can change me. Help me to live out Mm -hmm. this new life that you give me. As I turn to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In in the name of Be Jesus. Be glorified Christ. in this time, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.